Hi guys, welcome back. I'm your host Stacy, and this is the Coffee Cake and Kegels podcast. So tonight I wanted to do an episode that would be really appropriate for tomorrow, right? Tomorrow is the ending of 2020. And we all know how 2020 went, but some really great things also came out of 2020. And, you know, I know, you know, I don't know about you guys, but for myself, a lot of growth happened in 2020. I, you know, I really learned how to let go of fear even though it consumed me, it consumed me. I mean, last year at this time of year, I remember having that feeling of something really, really bad coming. I had this feeling in my, the pit of my stomach for probably at least, uh, aside from this entire year, a year prior to that, I kept feeling something heavy, something big was coming. And I remember sitting here, New Year's Eve, um, we had had some friends over and we were just hanging out and everything. And, you know, we were like, you know, yay, cheers to the new year, great things, good things. But I didn't truly and genuinely feel that good things were coming. I felt that bad things were coming. And my intuition is usually always on point. So, um... But with that said, I mean, obviously, if you, if you know, if you are a listener and you've been listening to other episodes, you obviously know it was a rough year, right? For so many of us, it was rough. It was hard. It was challenging. Um, you know, I realized that homeschooling was, was, is not my thing and never will be. Um, but the good things that came out of this year, you know, a lot of time with family, a lot of self-reflection. I meditated so much this year, more than I ever have. Um, Just a lot of inward work, you know, and practicing mindfulness, even though there were moments where I would retreat into social media because I find that when I am feeling stressed or anxious, I do retreat into my phone. And um, that was always, I, I didn't notice that actually until this year. So had there not been a pandemic, would I have noticed that I hide in my phone as a means to cope, right? Because our phones give us a sense of fantasy. And we don't have to live in reality in that moment we're looking, you know, on social media or whatever. I learned so much about, you know, breast implant illness. I mean, everything, every episode that I have, I brought to you guys was something that I learned this year. I mean, aside from like Reiki, that's obviously something I've known for a few years. But for the most part, a lot of things I researched this year for the first time. And I was able to 
you know, share that with other people and then they learn something new and, you know, and on and on it goes. So with that said, tonight's episode is going to be on ego death. And I really feel it's so appropriate for, you know, embarking on a new year, 2021. Now I'm going to give you a warning, okay? That feeling I had in the pit of my stomach last year, I still have it in my stomach. It has not gone away. And I don't really believe 2021 is going to be a better year. We are going to be faced with lots of struggles. We are going to see the world differently. We are going to see the people who run our country very differently. And, you know, we all need to really be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually prepared for what is going to be coming, you know, going forward. So I've been, you know, I've been doing meditations daily with other light workers, trying to raise the vibration of our planet. Um, I probably mentioned her, Janine Regan Sinclair. I I mentioned, I think I mentioned her on the last episode. Um, she was preparing people for the fifth dimension. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to that episode. That's the one before this. Um, so, you know, but in doing all this work, right? Doing all this inward work, we have to let that ego die. And when I say die, I don't mean we're going to kill our ego. It's part of us. It's, it's never going to leave us. It's part of who we are. But it, will tr- it can transform. It can change. And that's what we really want it to do. You know, but in order for us to ascend or continue to ascend, the ego death is crucial. So what is ego death, right? I mean, what the hell is that? <laughs> so ego death is a complete loss of subjective self-identity. So what does that what, the, what does that mean exactly, right? It means self-surrender and transformation. Psychologist Carl Jung developed the term psychic death, which is a synonym for ego death. And we sometimes hear this also described as the dark night of the soul. Um, I've been actually seeing that so much lately. It's like a divine message for me to tell you guys. I just, it's, I've been seeing it so much, so much. And, um, that's really interesting. I'm going to get to that a little bit later because that's obviously a huge part of ego death. But, you know, in order for us to understand these concepts, ego death and the dark night of the soul, we first, we first have to understand what the ego is, you know, Um, I mean, unless you've, if you have not taken psychology or have done ego work, we really don't have an idea of what ego is, right? We, I, I know like usually we refer to it as some guy walks in the room and he's like, you know, all macho and you're like, oh my God, this guy's ego. 
but what does that even mean? You know, like, what does that really mean? Um, you know, there's, there's a little bit more to ego than we, than we really know. The ego is the conscious self. So, you know, it's, it's our own, it's our own construct. We create this persona, you know, it makes up our attitudes, our values, um, our concerns, our beliefs, abilities, personality. Ego is the view we have of ourselves. Unfortunately, if we have, if we've had a traumatic childhood where we felt abandoned, unworthy, unloved, our ego will spin those stories in our minds as we get older. So for example, if you were growing up and you did feel abandoned, you know, by your mother, right? As an adult, when you're not being heard, let's say by your partner or your partner, you know, is living their own life. And when I say their own life, I don't mean not with you. I mean, you know, like even in my own, in my marriage, my husband, he'll come home from work. He goes to the gym, you know, like he lives his own life. And I would find myself sometimes thinking like, oh, he's just never here. Meanwhile, he's always here. But that's the story my ego would spin. You know, my ego is telling me, you're a victim, Stacy. You're, you know, you, you're abandoned again, you know, abandoned. And it, it took me a lot to step back and say, shut up. You know, like that, I'm not a victim, number one. Number two, he's allowed to have a life separate from mine. You know, I, he's allowed to go and do something for his own self-care, his own emotional and mental stability, right? Like that's his outlet, you know? And I'm not abandoned. I'm far from abandoned. Maybe I felt that way as a child, but I don't feel that way now, you know? And it really is, it takes a lot of work to step back and say like, you know, hey, come on, this is not reality, right? This is a fantasy. Let's snap into reality. So, you know, I mean, I think this, my next question is why does the, why does our ego need to die? And I think that pretty much my example kind of answered it, but you know, our ego does get stronger through negativity and complaining. So the more we complain and the more negative we are, our ego thrives and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why it needs to die. Ego is our enemy. Because at the end of the day, it prevents us from being in touch with reality, like I had mentioned in my example before. And it makes us unable to hear feedback from others. You know, because feedback goes either two ways, right? It either makes us think we're better than other people Like, oh no, you don't even know what you're talking about. I totally got this. Or it keeps us believing that we don't, we don't have what it takes to achieve our goals. And, you know, a lot of times we might, we might really not have 
you know, our ego could tell us that we're too good at something. Like, you know, you are so good at this. You got this. You're, you have nothing else to learn. You know it all. And when in fact, we all know that that's not true either, right? We're still learning. We're still growing. That is the journey of life as a human being, right? So, you know, our ego does lie to us. And like I said, it spins stories and it keeps us feeling stuck. But when we do ego work, that's when we really truly understand that, you know, there's so much more than what our mind is telling us. There's so much more. So how do we know that if our ego is holding on, like holding the reins, right? How do we know if we're totally ego-driven? There are some ways we can tell. One of the first ways we can tell we're ego-driven is if we feel really good about gossiping about people's flaws and they make us feel good about, like it makes us feel good. Now listen, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not asking you a question. You know, obviously this is very personal, but sit back and think the last time you've gossiped about somebody, how you truly felt while you were doing it. If you didn't feel guilty and you kind of felt good about it, you know, and you were giggling and laughing and whatever, then that's definitely, you know, the ego, the ego has its hands on your steering wheel. Um, another way was, is also that we feel the need to win arguments. So you're fighting with somebody on Facebook and, you know, God knows, I mean, people have been fighting for over how long now this whole election, I mean, this whole presidency, right? The last four years, such wasted breath to fight over this, you know, whatever, but, um, fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting And you always feel the need to get the last word. You have to win the argument. Yeah, that's your ego. And again, it's got its hands on your wheel. Another way we know our ego is holding on to that wheel is we compare ourselves to people that we feel are below us. You know, so, oh, I'm so much prettier than so-and-so. Um, why'd she get the job? You know, I mean, I should have it. I should have it. I'm way smarter and way prettier than her. You know, whatever the case is. Um, another way is that we are jealous when other people do well. So your friend buys a house, very beautiful home. You're jealous. Yeah. Ego. And the last one is that you blame others when things don't go your way. So when life hands you lemons and you can't make lemonade, you blame everyone else for it. You blame the lemon, you blame the orchard, and the farmer, right? And not yourself. So these are all ways we know our ego is kind of driving our personality. And those are not good qualities to have. I mean, I, you know, listen, I've been there. I have had every single one of those traits. I've had them all. At some point in my life, I've had them all. I still to this day have to practice mindfulness and recheck myself because it just, you know, it's hard work and it doesn't just go away with, you know, like one, okay, well, guess what? I'm not going to feel this way anymore. It just doesn't work like that right? If things worked that way, 
Um, there wouldn't be mental illness. There, there, there wouldn't be anything in this world that would make people second guess themselves or doubt anything. So how do we actually transform our egos? How do we do it? There are seven stages of ego death. And you know what? They are scary. They are so scary. Um, Our ego so badly wants to stay. It doesn't want to die or transform. It's part of us, you know, and it is going to stay. It's not going to go. It's not going to go without a fight. So, but, you know, but in order for us to grow spiritually and to, to get on our true spiritual path, we have to have this ego death process. We have to go through these stages and get through it. So the first stage of ego death is a spiritual awakening. We, we leave behind our daily routines and our everyday desires and we stop and we ask ourselves, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And if you've been feeling like that lately, guess what? You are in the stages of ego death and you should be so proud. And I know it's hard. I do. I know it's so hard to go through these phases, especially alone. Um, And I don't mean alone single. I just mean, you know, we go through this ego death on our own. It's not like friends are going through it at the same exact time as we are because, you know, everyone's path is different and everyone's growth is different. We're doing this, you know, solo and it's hard and it's scary and it's intimidating. So, you know, if you are feeling this way, I commend you. You're going to get through it. I promise. Um, in this stage, people feel, they feel a void. They feel like something's missing. They're usually suffering from depression. They feel lost. They may even end relationships. You know, they may end friendships. They may just, just stop talking to people. You know, they're in a, you know, they're in a transition. So it's, it's the difficult stage, the first stage, but that leads us to the second stage, which is truly the most difficult. And that stage is the dark night of the soul. And I had mentioned that earlier. So like I said, I've been seeing things all over face, um, not, you know, Instagram about the dark night of the soul, the holistic psychologist. Um, she's always posting about the dark night of the soul, you know, and I'm like, we need to talk about this. You know, like people need to know what the dark night of the soul is. So the dark night of the soul is our lowest the lowest point of our depression during the spiritual awakening. We are in complete despair. I mean, we are, we are in the pits of despair, right? We know something has to happen in our lives, something huge, something has to change, but we just don't know what we don't understand what. So what do we do? We become isolated from other people, but also from ourselves, you know, we, we don't want to have to face certain things, but we're going to because God doesn't bring us this far to drop us. 
and someone told me that a long time ago and it's so true <laughs> so when we you know so we're in the dark night of the soul we are in the pits of despair we are isolating and then we enter into the third stage and that stage is the exploration stage we try things we try to fill the void um, with things that we probably found silly or weird so that might be we take up learning about astrology or we go get a deck of angel cards and we say let me give this a go and see how I do um, reading my cards or whatever we want to delve into energy healing we, you know we want to you know learn about different religions um, you know anything of that nature things that we probably didn't really believe or we thought were kind of you know kooky just you know months before or even years before and you know we want to understand we're trying to you know really trying to understand like what are we feeling here what are we feeling and that's great that's a great sign right you're feeling something rather than numb you, you're feeling something. You don't know what exactly, but it's something. And that's a huge, huge step. And then we go to stage four. And that's the sneak peek of enlightenment. So we get a glimpse of enlightenment. And two things happen here. Either we become super engaged and want to know more, 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 more or we get super scared and say, that's it, I'm done, I'm not going any fur further. This is freaking me out. So my advice is when you get to stage four, push through it, push through it because you wanna get to the end. You wanna get to the end because it's glorious. It's glorious and it's a tremendous transformation. So if you get past four, you go obviously to the fifth stage, which is soul growth. Now, don't get discouraged. This could take years. It could take months. I'm still in this phase. <laughs> My soul is still growing. Our souls actually begin to mature in this phase and we understand which spiritual practices work for us and which don't. So, you know, all the things you were dabbling in, in the fourth stage, you realize, mm, they're not really doing it for me. I don't really vibe with this. Like, for example, I learned about, you know, I was like trying to learn tarot cards and things like that. And I could just be honest with you. They just, no, it's just not my thing. You know, it's not my thing. Um, I tried. I don't even have the mental capacity for it because it's so confusing to me. But I feel there's a reason for that. It's confusing to me because it's meant to be confusing to me. It's not for me, you know? And that's like one thing we have to learn in life, that when things don't seem to go our way, whatever, it's because they're not meant to, <laughs> you know? They're just not meant to. And I think if we stepped back and we looked at certain situations in that way, um, we wouldn't feel so let down or angry. 
we'd actually maybe even feel relieved, you know, like that wasn't meant for me and that's okay. Something else will come along, you know, which brings us to stage six. Stage six is called the surrendering. We surrender and leave things behind that don't resonate with us. Um, a lot of the things created by our own ego. In this step, we really have to let go of fear. Our ego has told us for years and years and years, you know, that's what our ego does. It feeds our fears. And we have to learn to trust our souls and trust our discernment. So we have to be able to make the choice of what, you know, what is right, what is wrong. And if it doesn't resonate, it's time to let it go. And that could be people, you know, it could be people, places, it could be things. If they don't resonate, if they don't serve you, they're not for you. And then the last phase is the awareness, well, last stage is the awareness stage where we have grown and we have seen the illusions for what they are and we see the truth. We live it and we are finally free from the ego. So what does that mean, right? Like what, what is, what am I saying here? It just means that we, we can decipher because now we have that discernment, what's illusion and what's reality. And we know when our ego starts to talk to us, we know, okay, wait a second. This is not, you know, this is not, this is not me speaking. This is my ego speaking and we can differentiate, you know, it's interesting because Eckhart Tolle says it's all about observing the mind and becoming aware of what thoughts you habitually think, especially negative ones. So isn't that interesting? So I want you to take a moment, like just take a moment, think about your day, right? Did any negative thoughts come up today? And think about why those thoughts came up. Think back to my example, right? How my husband's going to the gym, whatever, makes me feel abandoned, even though I'm completely not abandoned, but it triggers my ego's response, my, you know, my ego from when I was a child. So it triggers that trauma. And then that trauma triggers the ego to say, once again, Stacy, you've been abandoned. So think about your day. And think about any negative thoughts that came up. And I want you to really think about where those thoughts came from. Where did they come from? Did they come from your childhood? Um, Did they come from a relationship you've been in? Did they come from a bad experience you've had? Really think about that. And I want you to be able to sit and say, well, not say, but decipher what's the reality and what is the illusion? The illusion is what your ego wants you to believe about yourself. But you know, deep in your heart, you know the reality. So there's a huge difference. 
you know, we have to really learn to take a step back and recognize what our minds tell us and then how we react to that. You know, another example is when I'm cleaning, right? I get overwhelmed when I'm cleaning. When I know I'm having company or whatever, I I just get overwhelmed. That's just who I am. Um, And my mind starts to tell me things, right? The ego. You You always get stuck doing all this stuff by yourself. You know, you're always doing all this. You know, you can't depend on anyone. Which again, that's a trauma triggered response for me because as a kid I always felt alone and I always felt like I had to rely on myself and you know that's again my ego telling me like you know you're always you know you have to do this all by yourself and you know all negative thoughts that I have to stop myself and I have to you know I have to continue to stop myself and say you know listen the reality here is that I could ask for help but I choose not to, okay? You know, um, my ego created a narrative, an illusion that has fed me, That's that this illusion has fed this ego since I'm a child, you know? So we really have to take a step back. It takes a lot of hard, self-reflective work, you know? What could we do to help work on this, on our ego? Journaling journaling is phenomenal meditating practicing mindfulness like being in the moment when you hear that stuff come up you have to really say hey wait a second wait a second I'm like I am spiraling out of control I am unraveling let's go back take a few steps and see what went wrong right because one little thing like me cleaning my house can root could set me off and ruin my whole day if I let it go that way. And that's the whole thing about working with our ego. You know, our ego, (laughs) we can't kill it, right? I mean, I know it's called ego death, but realistically we can't kill it. It's always a part of us, but we could shut it down. We can be the parent of that ego and say, no, 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 that's not what happened. So it's really basically learning how to have a relationship with our ego. And when we have to call it out, you know, we got to call it out on its shit. And, you know, it's important. We do it. What are some other ways people actually experience ego death? Believe it or not, LSD. You heard correctly. Um, usually... It's recommended. It is done in a controlled setting. But if you want to get crazy with yourself and get jiggy with it, you know, you could always just go off on your own and go on a little trip. You just got to hope you come back. Um, But obviously the simplest ways are, like I had mentioned, practicing mindfulness and being in tune with the stories your ego spins. You know, you, like I said, you know what is real from an illusion. And, you know, the things your ego tells you, you're the best at this. No, the reality is we're always learning and growing and I could be better. I could do better, right? Or our ego tells us we're the worst at something 
no such thing because you are still learning and growing. And you know what? You might need more skills and that's okay. You're open to learning them. You know, so this is the way we talk ourselves down. Our ego lies to us. But like I said, it's really best to try to have a relationship with it and to differentiate the illusion from that reality. So with 2021 coming, I mean, shortly, right? <laughs> just just a few hours. Um, the new year will be here. What are you going to do to work on yourself this year? Don't, don't tell me, you know, not like you could tell me anyway, right? Because I can't hear you. Um, don't, don't make a resolution. I mean, do what you want to do. But how about instead of a resolution, right? How about a commitment to yourself for you to focus on how are you going to practice mindfulness? You know, instead of, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I mean, probably not. Gyms are going to probably be shut down. But I'm just saying, you know, was that my ego being negative? I don't know. But I'm just trying to say, instead of a, you know, instead of a resolution, how about a commitment to wellness, right? A commitment truly to the psyche and developing whatever you feel needs to be developed, whether it be, you know, you need to work on anger management, you need to work on stress relief, you need to, you know, work on your spirituality and maybe experience the ego death. You know what I mean? Maybe you need to start self-searching or something. Maybe this is the year to do it. So with that said, guys, I wish you all a very healthy, always healthy, right? And a very happy new year to come. And I will see you guys in 2021. Oh, that rhymes. Look at that. As always, thanks for listening.